Today I'm showing off Melanie J, an incredible woman with an equally incredible story who has overcome trauma through her creativity and art. She's an advocate against the bias around domestic violence and abuse survivors. She's the founder of The Paperboat Project and a Sydney-based artist, collaborator, author and photographer. Welcome to the show, Melanie. Hi, thank you. Thanks for having me. Now, I know who you are and what you do and where you are in the world, <laughs> but for the sake of my listeners, can you please share who you are, what you do, and uh, where you are on the planet right now? My name's Melanie J. I'm a visual artist and a writer and an advocate for domestic violence. And, <laughs> and I'm in Sydney. <laughs> Sydney and you're Australia. in Sydney, yes. And if you are uh, watching this on video and if you're listening to it on audio, you have to just go and look at the video on my website uh, or social media. She's got two of her magnificent uh, paintings behind <laughs> her. Uh, and she, oh, I, you know, we'll talk about that a little bit, but she's truly, she undersells herself. She's a magnificent artist. Incredible. So, Mel, let's dive straight in. Uh as you know, I'm showing off people who are in my world uh, because we're not good at showing off ourselves, especially as women. No. And uh, it's something in our, in our fibres. But I want to show off, you, off about you. But tell me, what drives you? Because you're way more than an artist. There is a cause that bleeds out of you every single day. What drives you to do what you do, paint what you do, talk about what you do, write what you do? Uh, please share that. So I know personally too many people that have been affected by child abuse and domestic violence. And I'm enraged, I guess you could say the word, I'm enraged that it, we, we're in an age where it's become the rarity to reach adulthood as a female in this country unscathed by, by sexual violence. And I don't think that that's okay. And having experienced all three of those things and knowing that there's nothing that I can do to stop the fact that bad people exist, uh, what I can do uh, is use my artwork, use my voice, use my writing to help people better understand how what it is to have trauma and how it affects you psychologically and physically through and the areas I want to do that is in the space of prevention, support and advocacy. So uh, tell us a little bit about the work that you're doing in that area. So I've got a few different avenues um, that I'm doing that in. Um, one of them is, is through my writing. I'm doing a children's book at the moment. So I've got a children's book that I'm now uh, in the illustration stage for and what that's aimed at is to develop um, nonverbal forms of communication where Ooh, the carer powerful. and the child can um, develop amongst themselves a system that the child can alert them if they need help, if they're, being, if they're in harm. And the reason being is um, I'm doing it for what I call the silent ones uh, because that's what I see I was. And my drive for that is because a part of me maybe believes that that Perhaps, I don't know for a fact, but perhaps if there was a book like this when I was young, mm -hmm. then maybe I wouldn't have had to kind of go through life holding on to the secrets that other people forced upon me. Maybe it would have been different. Mm -hmm. 
Mm, so absolutely. I'm just trying to change somebody else's narrative if, if at all possible. What I haven't shared with listeners is how we know each other. And it's a, it's, a, it's a lovely everyday, I told you we were sharing everyday women, um, it's an everyday story because our boys were school friends, well, our school friends. Uh, and so, you know, we are the school mums. We were school mums together. We, we were school mums. And, we're not uh, school mums anymore. I don't know what we are anymore. <laughs> no, no, we're not school mums anymore. Um, but we really clicked. And I think the, the creativity, a, a connection point, um, and we, we, we've had fun doing photo shoots for each other and, uh, yeah, had a lot of fun It's um, doing that. You mentioned, you know, growing up, what you wished you had uh, perhaps growing up. There's been lots of trauma, lots of negativity in your life in terms of human contact. Let's flip it for a moment. Who has influenced you in a positive way? Uh, who would you like to show off in terms of women? We are celebrating women. Um, and, and even the word celebrating, I'm not sure, because there's so much more that we need to do for women. But we're using this month to highlight. Let's say highlight. It's a much better word. The um, the achievements of women, but also the plight of women and also how much how much we've gone and how much we need to go. But who has influenced you? And perhaps it's someone that you have never even met, dead or alive. Who has mentored you? Who's inspired you? Who has influenced you in terms of women? Well, somebody does come to mind. But first of all, I I guess I'll say one of my biggest influences as far as women go is women who have come before me on this path, women who are going through what I went through now, uh, women who, you know, experiencing that 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 rawness and that vulnerability and and they keep putting one foot in front of another and they keep fighting to try to find their way through and 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 I think that a lot of women in these situations don't have a voice you know they're um they've got a face they don't have a voice and and I didn't have a voice my in the majority of my life and so for me they inspire me they push me forward you know there's there is a lot of people that have been brave enough and I'm not, I think all women in those situations are brave uh, for a start, but, but I'm referring to people who do step forward. So there are a lot of people, but then there are thousands more that haven't been able to. So I think that for me, they are my major driving force. They're why, I mean, I'm in the trenches for them as far as I'm concerned. That's why we do what we do. Um, but if I'm looking at someone who's, you know, particularly um, now who's doing amazing things, then I've got probably got to say Grace Tame. Mm. And she's very young and she's, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, quite incredible. Um, and what I like about her is that she uh, is unforgiving in her resolve to be who she is. And no matter who tells her how she should react and what she should do and what she should say, she has earned the right and she knows that and she's strong in that, that she's earned the right to be who she wants to be. And I think that's so inspirational and particularly for someone so young. Mm, absolutely. I, 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 yeah, I'm watching her too. It's incredible. For those people who don't live in Australia, yes. look up Grace Tame. Absolutely. Incredible. And if you can watch a video of her dressing, was it Parliament? Um, yeah. Who was she yes. dressing recently that caused the waves? It was Parliament. Incredible response, incredible response. Well, one of the things that, that moved me the most uh, about uh, what she did is recently with our Prime Minister, there was a photo call and she wasn't meant to be in the photo call and she was just walking past and they dragged her in and they haven't had, let's say, the greatest relationship. And she, there's mm-hmm. photos taken that went well, at Australia, maybe further, 
um, that showed her refusing to smile. And the comments that came out of it were, I, I can't believe, I, I just think that you can't, just because you want someone to act a certain way, it doesn't mean they should. And certainly if it makes them uncomfortable, they shouldn't. And she was strong enough to stand there and go, I'm not comfortable to do that. And then we tried to tear her down for it. And I think that's a tragedy. Um, but I think that she's you know, strong enough to stand up still. But I think it's a tragedy that we can't express our true emotions. We still are expected to conform. And that's a hard thing yeah. to have to do all the yeah. time. Mel, you mentioned before about the voiceless ones uh, that inspire you. If you could be their voice right now on this podcast, what would you say on their behalf or what would you plead on their behalf? Well, I would say to not judge, to not force shame upon them, to not, I guess I was probably taking it more, um, if I can twist it slightly, on the angle of of what I would say to them um, and, and for them, for people that are, that are in that situation and that are stuck there, it's they need to have faith, they need to have hope, they need to know that it's possible to change and it's possible to heal and it's possible to, um, to move forward because I think that when we're in that, um, what happens to us is we get really lost and we lose ourselves and then it becomes more about more about the trauma and less about what's happening to us. And then that becomes very internal and it breaks us down. And so then we feel broken. And as soon as we start feeling broken, we feel like there's no way forward. So uh, for me, one of the biggest um, things that I have had to rise above is that stigma that people who have gone through trauma, the way they're assessed, the way they looked at as you know, either being, they, they're going two categories. You're either broken or you're brave. Uh, and people have to, you know, they don't know me. They don't know anything about me. Uh, and they decide for me whether or not I'm worthy of their time. They decide whether or not I'm too broken or I'm brave. And I, I would like that to be broken down. I would like to people to understand that this, this process is hard and it's messy and it's scary uh, and it's not easy and we don't always act like we should when we're going through it, but just give us patience, give us kindness, give us respect and, you know, and we'll find our way through. That's what I would say. That is a beautiful voice. Where have you as an artist, uh, as a professional um, in what you do, a writer, where have you felt held back or prejudiced against because you're a woman? I think as women, uh, we, um, we too easily slip into a role and um, I do feel a lot of the time, I don't know whether it's, it's because of the trauma or it's because of the, the femaleness, whichever it is, I find that we make ourselves small and, um, and we, we're too happy to mould ourselves to fit others um, and we think that that means that we're you know, that we're kind and that we've got good hearts and that we're giving and that we're loyal and that we're all of those things. And it's okay to give to people. It's okay to be there for them. It's okay to want to do the things that they want to do. But it's not okay when it means giving, it means abandoning yourself. And I think that a lot of women do abandon themselves. Mm. They become very small. um, And again, I guess it's that losing yourself. 
So for women, I think that that's a really easy trap that we fall into. And I've certainly fallen into it absolutely where I have played small when I never should have. Mm. So I'm trying not to do that anymore. What is playing small to you? What does it look like? What does it feel like? Uh, and how, how did you wake up to the fact that you were doing that? So two questions there, but see how you go. Playing small felt like... It, it felt like being restricted. It felt like all of the things that I wanted to do and that I wanted to be suddenly weren't the focus, weren't the most important. Uh, and uh, it, yeah, it takes away little pieces of you. When you play small, you just, little pieces of you go away and they don't necessarily come back. Uh, and I, I think that the more that we compromise ourselves and our needs and our wants, uh, the less we feel mm. important and valid enough to do the work that we want to do or to be the person that we want to be. I 100% agree. A lot of women I find too are not even in touch with what they want or what they desire or they've lost that ability to feel joy and feel pleasure. Uh, and whether that's cultural conditioning, patriarchy, tra- often it's trauma-informed, mm. abuse-informed, they lose that ability to go, that's what I like, or ability, to, yeah. you know, the ability to choose. Have you found that? And would that, have you found that in the people that you you, you come across because you're, you're in this every day, mm. they're not even aware sometimes that they're in that trauma? Well, in- I can probably speak, I have, I have experienced that in other people, but I can honestly say that that was me. Uh, when I was very mm. much stuck in uh, in that situation, um, I um, I felt very much like that. I, I felt like I didn't deserve good things, and that I didn't deserve to feel happiness, and that I was secondary. Now, I really did, for some reason, right to my very core, believe that. And and for me, obviously, that was a um, a, a learned thing through through abuse. A, a lot of people, it's I mean, it's different things for everybody. Um, I think that to get to that point where you do feel that way, it is tied to some form of trauma, no matter what the source is. Uh, and uh, I think it's yeah, as I said, it's very easy and very unfortunate when you when you get to that stage that you can't even think that you are worthy and or that you you have something worth listening to yeah so I had a I had an ex-partner that um I'm not sure whether you want me to go there but we can kind of do it I I haven't had an ex-partner that um used to say that my voice was less important than his and the sooner I learned that the better and uh and whoa yeah yeah so I think these kind of messages that we get when we are in abusive relationships and and obviously the reason that I was there is because it was a long-term abusive pattern um, that I hadn't woken up from yet and that's what you referred to it's you know when do we wake up do we wake up uh, for me it took something dramatic but but I'm, if I didn't have that dramatic moment I may never have woken up as in I may never have gotten to that to that point where there was something big enough to go Melanie enough this is not working for you anymore and you need more you need different you need better and you deserve that. So I'm grateful for the fall. I'm grateful for everything that happened to me because it got me to the place where now I'm authentic and I'm 
I'm able to have those ha- that happiness. I can feel happiness and joy now and I don't have to feel like I don't deserve it. I love that word authentic mm. and it's overused a bit. I think yeah. we, uh, you know, it's like authenticity, authenticity, but it is, it's a word I've been revisiting a lot lately to really get in touch with the soul and the deep, mm. deep core emotions of joy and excitement and even grief and pain and fear because we often mask them with things like shame yes. and guilt and anxiety and we don't get to those very core places do we uh interesting you brought up about what your ex-partner said because i i I know myself you know i was raised to be a good girl you you could be be seen and not heard particularly with women isn't it and that is i can remember a partner of mine coming up and doing this as if to turn off the volume on the side of my head and it really did affect my personality yes. because I can I get really excited. I'm full of joy. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I have a very cheerful personality, and it it did something that I've only just really realised recently was actually quite damaged, damaging. Yeah. I was just going to say, you know, what I think sad about that situation is is that we've we've you know not all of us, but but you and I have been in that situation, and now where we are. We would, you know, we look back and we go, oh, you know, it's hard to believe that we were in that situation, but we were. And it doesn't yeah, make us any yeah. less. Or we tolerated we tol- it. But the, mm. point, the point I'm trying to make is, is that there's, it's so easy for people to go, to think that you're, there's a weakness in you or that there's a, something wrong with you or, you know, there's a, a personality defect that the reason why you put up with abuse or the reason why you didn't um, say no, um, you know, if it was sexual violence or the reason, you know, there's always reasons that it's put back onto the, the victim uh, that went through it. And I, I think that the more trauma-informed we get as people, as a community, as a country, mm, yes. um, the, yes. the better we would be because the, the, we need to stop blaming the victim and we need to stop looking at women in what we're talking about specifically here in long-term relationships who don't know the way out, who do get affected, who are traumatised because the key word is they are traumatised. They're not there because they're having fun. They're not there because they're choosing it. They're there because they're traumatised and they don't know the way out. And I think that that gets lost in the wash and it gets, and then people just start questioning the woman. And I'd like that to change. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Can we go back to your art a little bit? I'm looking at them behind your shoulder. <laughs> I just adore them. Tell us about her that we see in your picture. She's always a she. Uh, you often have animals. You often have beautiful sort of fantasy scenes and rich colours and deep emotions. But tell us about her. Who is she in the picture and what's her story? Well, she got developed... When I was still silent, when I hadn't spoken out, and I think that it was, uh, I now know, it was a way of me processing what had happened to me uh, and what I had to become in order to survive. And it was a way of doing that uh, without having to say the words. So, for uh, yeah, it gave me a way of just, um, I, I, well, I don't know where I would be if I if I couldn't have painted during that time. So what, when I started, so she started out as being me 
but then she's not exactly me and she's not, I don't, I don't refer to her as me, but she hasn't got another name because she is still kind of me, if that makes sense. So, um, so she changes and she morphs and, you know, because we all change and we all morph and I'm going to allow her to do that. Um, but um, she continues to tell the stories. But back then it was extremely insular. It was extremely like a very inward uh, journey that I was on. Um, and as I kind of went further in the healing process, I found that it became more outward uh, and it became more a kind of a connective thing, more about I wanted to speak for not just me. I, you know, you look around and I started looking around. When you're in it, you don't look around because it's just all too big. But, um, you know, you realise you're not alone. You realise so many people are there too and so many people are, are struggling with that. So for me, um it just it feels really healthy and really it gives me purpose now um to and again it feels like I'm being my genuine self uh, to be able to paint and and I'm I don't have to be afraid of what the gift this has given me is I don't have to hide my emotions I don't have to pretend I don't feel stuff I can be raw and I can be real through my artwork uh and uh, that's allowed me to to heal and hopefully then that can help other people kind of see themselves in the words I, I write or in, in the paintings particularly uh, and uh, and then help them along their process but I try to do the painting in a way that you know they're not all they're fun as you said a lot of them are fun a lot of them are quirky Oh, yeah, yeah, and, and yeah. I want that. They put a smile on your face. Yeah, yeah. I want that. I, yeah. want, I don't yeah. want it all to be heavy. Um, it's, it's not about that. It's about kind of we've all got that myriad, no matter what we've gone through, we've got just a myriad of emotions in us. And I think the, the better for us is to embrace them all, the darkness and the light, and be okay with that. So that's what I kind of try to do mm. uh, with, the, with the artworks. I pick mm. an emotion or I pick something I'm going to try to talk about and I just dive in. If you could give a message to the next generation of women, next generation of girls growing up, uh, they're looking and seeing uh, opportunities open up like never before, but the need for women in leadership and need to empower women to stand up and lead people, lead their own, their own lives, what would you say to that next generation? I think I'd start with be strong enough to have uncomfortable conversations. I think that that, you know, in business, in personal, uh, if you can have uncomfortable conversations, uh, you, you can defend yourself then or you can, um, you can sell yourself then or you can, you know, just be part of the conversation. You know, it's, um, it's to me, that's one of the, the key things that I've passed on to my daughter um, very much and and as a result she tells me things that maybe I don't necessarily always want to hear but there's that honesty there and and uncomfortable conversations save people in my opinion they save people but but when you're trying to also then be um, who you're meant to be as you're growing up um, if you're too afraid like I was um, not to uh, say how you really feel uh, for whether it's to be you think you're not going to be loved or whatever the reasoning might be, then you're going to hold yourself back. So the way, you know, the way I want my daughter to grow up and, and all my friends' daughters, hopefully, is that they don't, um, they don't hold that part back from themselves, that they, um, yeah, they're willing to be vulnerable and say what's needed to be said instead of just thinking it. 
And um, and I do believe mm. that if they start mm. doing that, then they, they'll start getting more of what they want. Mel, thanks so much for your time and your heart uh, and your creativity and your friendship in my life. I'm so glad to have this opportunity to show you off. <laughs> Is there anything you would like to say to the listeners and the, the audience uh, in closing uh, about International Women's Day, about women, about trauma, anything you have the mic, I'm giving you the voice. I just, I want to pass on to all my beautiful goddesses out there. I guess I just want to say if you're in in that place where you feel alone, just know that there's so many people that have gone before you, that have that have been through what you're going through and have and what I, what I hope by that is that you can have hope. I, I want you to know that there is always hope. You can always repair. You can always change. And you're never alone. And mm-hmm. I want to give my love. <laughs> Thank you so much. I hope you've enjoyed uh, this beautiful chat with Melanie J. And uh, I will see you tomorrow. I hope you've enjoyed another episode in this special series where I'm showing off everyday women of all sorts all over the world. My hope is to bring insight, encouragement and inspiration at a very difficult time on the planet and most importantly to help reimagine what women leading their worlds look like. I'll see you tomorrow.